Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Swarfcast. Before we start, we have a quick favor to ask you. If you love the show, please rate it and write a review on your podcast app. Or tell somebody about it. It really makes a difference for us, and we'd appreciate it. Okay, on with the show. Basically, if you haven't really figured that out and you aren't doing something that you want to do and that you have a reason for doing, you wind up doing what other people tell you to do. <laughs> and uh, uh, and then once you go through the process of leaving your company, you suddenly run smack into that question again, namely, who am I? You know, what do I want and why? This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graff. Today's show is an interview Lloyd Graff did with well-known business writer Bo Burlingham on a recent trip to the Bay Area. They discussed Burlingham's latest book, Finish Big, about how successful entrepreneurs exit privately held businesses. Today's podcast is brought to you by Graf Pinkert. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graphpinkert.com. That's www.graffpinkert.com. In January of 1983, I started at Inc. Magazine. And, you know, Inc. at that point was, you know, less than four years old. And it was really pretty much a startup. Uh, and it, it was also, for me, it was a very, turned out it was a very exciting time. And look back, yeah. I, I learned a whole lot there because the whole idea, the image of entrepreneurship was changing in the late 70s and early uh, 80s. Uh, you know, entrepreneurship, it, it wasn't a compliment in the you know, 60s and 70s to call someone an entrepreneur it was like, you know, they couldn't get a real job or something like that. And uh, that was changing in the late 70s and early 80s. And uh, mainly, I think it was changing because of this whole new group of entrepreneurs who were coming up uh, in companies that, um, you know, have since become household names like Apple, obviously, and Microsoft and uh, Oracle. And, uh, and we were writing about all these companies. Right. right. And, uh, um, and we were aware that there was something very exciting that was going on. 
it, sometimes we felt as though we were the only person who was paying attention, only magazine pay, or publication paying attention to it, because, uh, you know, mainly the, the larger publications were focused at that point on competition with Japan and so forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could see that, in fact, the future competition was really going to come not from Japan, but from all these new companies with new technologies that were going to really challenge a lot of the ways that the companies, big companies, have been doing things. I'm curious about your most recent book. Finish Big. Finish Big. Finish Big actually came about because I was working with Norm Brodsky on his column and uh, one day, and he, he, he this is a guy who loved his business, just incredibly. He always had a really good time with it. And uh, his business was record storing. Record storage, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd had a, originally, he'd had a uh, document delivery business, but he'd gone bankrupt with that. He'd, he'd gone into Chapter 11. Uh, when he got out, he but it, which was a very educational experience for him actually, um, and then he got into record storage and uh, he came back. It was sometime in the late in the late two thousand, see maybe two thousand six, something like that. He he came back from a conference and said that he was planning to sell the business. He was going to sell the business that he. Had an, had an offer from somebody and that mm-hmm. he put down some conditions that he didn't think anybody would accept and they, they were happy to do it. And so we wound up doing a series of articles in very unusual series. I don't think it had ever been done before, probably will never be done again, which was a real-time account of this uh, question about whether or not he was going to sell his business. Yeah. And, Very uh, few people are candid about that. Yeah. Well, he we, he was very. I mean, we we were we were really and it developed a big following because people were very curious about it. And uh, I realized that there was that there was this curiosity out there about what is it really like to go through uh, the sale or the exiting of your business and. Uh, I went to my publisher and I, I, I said, you know, I, I told him the story about what had happened and uh, how it had this response among ink readers. And I, I said, you know, I think there's a book there. And uh, my publisher agreed. But I, other than what I'd gone through with Norm, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know anything about exiting. We never wrote about it in ink. Um, and so I had to educate myself. So I began a long process of interviewing people who had been through, who had sold their businesses, left their businesses, been kicked out of their business, Every people who had left their businesses. Right. I'm very interested in this topic because I've been helping people uh, sell their businesses. Oh, really? And uh, definitely plenty of ups and downs. Nothing nothing works out the way you think it's going to work out. Right. Well, that's true. I mean, and, and one of the, the things that I found that was sort of very surprising to me 
was how many people who'd been through it were unhappy. I mean, even if they'd gotten a lot of money, even mm-hmm. if they never had to work again in their lives, yeah. they, they were just, they were miserable. And I would say it was more than half of mm-hmm. the people I talked to. And uh, so I decided that's the book. What's the difference between the ones who wind up happy and the ones who wind up miserable? And so that was, that's really what Finish Big is all about. It's really about, I mean, the publisher liked the idea of finishing big, but it's really more about finishing happy. Yes. Um, and. Um, okay, what's the formula? Formula for, fin- well, I, I, I came up with seven, actually seven and a half different factors that um, the ones who'd had a good exit did differently from those who had bad exits. Um, first, I had to define what a good exit was, and, and I came up with some criteria. I said, number one, um, you want to feel that the process that you went through was fair and that you were rewarded appropriately uh, for what you put into the business. Number two, you wanted to be able, because of that, you were able to look back and have a sense of pride about what you've done, that you actually helped to create something, you'd added something of value to the world. Number three, that um, the people you, that the, the people who've been on the journey with you all wound up uh, okay, fine. Number four was that you'd found something to do afterwards that you could really become totally engaged in. Um, and number five, for some people, not for everybody, but for some people was that the company was going on and, you know, doing better than ever. Um, and and so, you know, and, and basically a bad exit was missing one of those things. I mean, if you felt that you were screwed during the process, you know, obviously, if you uh, if your people wound up getting screwed afterwards, that would ruin it for you. If you couldn't find anything to do afterwards and you didn't know who you were anymore, that could do it, and so forth. So um, that was how I defined a good or a bad exit. And then I looked at what the qualities were that those who had good exits, and I, I found... You know, the first one, the most important, which was also a, a big factor for uh, small giants, was knowing who you are, what you want, and why. Because basically, you this is not something you figure out in a weekend. This Most of us spend our whole lives trying to figure that out. Um, but basically, if you haven't really figure that out and you aren't doing something that you want to do and that you have a reason for doing, you wind up doing what other people tell you to do. <laughs> and uh, uh, and then w- once you go through the process of leaving your company, you suddenly run smack into that question again, namely, who am I? You know, what do I want and why? So that was number one. Number two was that you had to build a, a, a sellable business. Um, and by that I meant a business 
that you could sell when you wanted, to whom you wanted, for an amount you considered fair. Um, there are things, as you probably know, called forced sales, where a company gets into trouble and they have to sell for whatever reason. That's what you want to avoid. Yeah. Uh, the third one really had to do with uh, giving yourself enough time. Uh, and most people don't give themselves enough time. You know, they don't start thinking about it early enough to really go through the process. Um, and part of that was, particularly if you need a successor, because uh, most people screw that up the first time, and then they have they learn from that, and then they can then go ahead and, and find a successor. You have to, with the successors, you have to, uh, if you need a successor given your plan, you have to uh, give yourself time to get it wrong the first time. <laughs> and and that's that's going to wind up taking a year or two before you figure it all out, before you figure it out. Uh, the fourth one was that you get advice, the right kind of advice, particularly from people who had been through it themselves, that you had some way of learning from other people who've been through it. And I'm very big on uh, roundtables of, of people who've actually either getting ready to go through it or, or have gone through it yeah. and so forth. Um, that was, uh, I guess that was the fourth. The, the fifth one really was that you become very clear in your mind about what you want to have happen with the other people in the, com in the company and that you're going to feel um, afterwards, you're going to feel at peace with what happens with them. Uh, it'll be different for different people, but mm -hmm. the important thing is that you feel at peace afterwards. I guess the sixth one was that you do as much due diligence on the buyer as the buyer is going to do on you. Mm -hmm. uh, and you want to find out what, why really uh, do they want to own this company? Mm -hmm. And because otherwise you're in for surprises, yeah. bad surprises. Um, and then the, the last one is really figuring out what you're going to do afterwards. Yeah. And what I found was that People who have spent years building their company, once they leave, suddenly they don't know who they are anymore. They, they, aren't, they don't really are sure of what their purpose is in life. Um, all the people that they've worked with before for all these years are suddenly not around anymore. Yeah. They don't see them anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, business, one of the, there are a lot of things that businesses give people that they're not aware of until they don't have them anymore. Like, for example, a sense of of, of making progress. Of, mm -hmm. uh, another thing is just the structure of your life, you know, knowing what to do next. Right. Business will tell you what to do next. Suddenly you don't have that anymore. Right. And being part of a tribe. Yes, exactly. Um, and so, I mean, they, they tell stories about that. There's one 
person I, I write about who, you know, it took him 11 years to uh, really get to the point where he was able to move on afterwards. Um, and he was sort of mainly depressed during that whole time. Uh, and uh, and then, you know, at the end, I, I began to think about it and I said, well, you know, when I looked at the people who'd had good exits, what did they have in common? Well, most of them had wound up, you know, becoming like, maybe they maybe they'd become an advisor to other entrepreneurs who wanted to know about exiting their companies, or, or maybe they'd just become a mentor to young entrepreneurs. They'd figure out some way to be doing something that had a meaning for other yeah. people. And, and giving. And giving. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought about it and I said, well, you know, look, what, you know, when you look at a business, it's all about serving. I mean, you're serving your family by uh, just starting the business and having the business. Um, you're serving your customers who wouldn't have a business very long. Um, for a lot of people, they're serving their employees. Um, you know, to some extent, they're serving their communities as well. And it's really all that service that gives them their identity and their sense of purpose. And that's really what, at least from what I was able to see, that is the thing that really defines whether or not somebody has a good exit. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they find something else, I mean, people ask me, what should I do if I'm getting ready to do this? I said, figure out who you're going to serve or how you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be difficult to do in advance, though. It may be something that you have to just sort of get there and figure it out. I'm not sure. But um, in any event, that's what Finish Big was all about. Well, thank you so much. My, my pleasure, Lloyd.